Excellent. Cool. Guys, how are we doing? I hope you're really good. Um, so um, over the next three weeks, um, I am going to be introducing our key speakers who will be joining me at the biggest event, what we consider to be the biggest event for men in the UK um, on November the 26th at Aston Villa Stadium. Uh, we are running our Rise to Thrive live seminar show. Okay. Um, and what we wanted to do is introduce the speakers to everybody um, and really talk about what they're going to be getting into, who they are, what they do. And it really gives everybody a really good idea about who they're coming to see, who they're coming to talk to and what they're going to get out of it as well. So I'd love to welcome friend and colleague, uh, John. John Beatty, how are you? Good evening, James. Thank you for having me. I'm very well, thanks. Good. Um, so I hope you're looking forward to coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, yes. Um, so we've got like 100 or so guys up in front of us at the minute. Um, so, John, do you mind kind of giving like a bit of a bio about you, a little bit of history about you, just so that people understand who you are uh, and where you're coming from? Okay, um, sure. So my primary background is as a, as a long distance runner. Um, I've done it for many, many years and just I'll condense like 20 years into a, into a couple of minutes. So uh, as a kid, I was I was sporty. I, I love to um, try absolutely anything, whether it be football, cricket, tennis, golf, whatever. But the problem for me was growing up, I had a younger brother, was a couple of years younger, and he was the one, I'm sure if anyone who's got a younger sibling that's, that's good at sport can relate to this, that he won anything we ever did. My brother was the dominant one, the talented one, needed like everyone to help him carry all his trophies for, for sport. And I was desperate to try and find something I was good at and something yeah. I could get my own identity with. Um, and I tried all these different things, wasn't getting anywhere. And then I decided to enter the Great South Run one day, um, a 10 mile road race down in Portsmouth. Uh, I'm a big Pompey fan as well. So that kind of drew me to it and went there set myself an arbitrary target of breaking 60 minutes for 10 miles. Nice round numbers, easy maths, no idea about running, no idea about races, but got there and, and saw the 60 minute zone was pretty much at the front of the race. I was like, am, am I biting off more than I can chew here? This, this looks quite serious. There's all these men in, in short shorts and their club running vests. I'm in my school PE kit. Um, but went in and just was as a naive 16 year old, pretty blase about it. And the gun went, race started, and then cutting a long story short, 59 and a half minutes later, I'm coming up the finishing shoot and to see the, the big finishing area, the clock, massive crowds on the seafront. And I, again, still not knowing anything about running at that point, it just felt like I was onto a winner. Like, this is amazing. This feels incredible. Uh, crossed the line in 59 and a half minutes. And it was only afterwards, you couldn't get the results on the internet back then. This was before that. Uh, a few days later in the, in the paper, it found out I was 75th position out of 10,000 people wow. as a 16-year-old who had never ran. Yeah. So that spoke to me and it's like, right, I finally got something here. This can be, for me, this can be what I can do. Um, so got into it from there, really, and went to a local club. And that progressed from club to county to running for the south of England for the first time and then to England teams um, and I got a really huge break was to when I was finishing up my undergraduate degree in Southampton um, I got an offer to go to an American university on a scholarship 
I thought it was one of the lads pulling my leg when they called me to, to ring me up about it. Um, thought there's no such thing as a freelance. There's no way that someone can just ring you up out of the blue, say, we'll pay for you to come to America all, all in. Um, but that was the case. So went out for three years to University of Tulsa and really kicked on there. Um, yeah. Like if anyone who's followed American sport, the level of it, the way it operates, yeah. it was just, I couldn't help but love it. Um, so progressed, got my times down to 13.42 for 5K, 28 and a half minutes for 10K. It's insane. And was, was making Great Britain teams as well. Um, so th those were three amazing years. And then from there came back and just was basically living the dream as a, a full-time athlete, racing, training all around the world from 5K, 10K, cross-country, yeah. marathons. Um, and, and that's pretty much been my entire adult life. And more recently have turned passion into profession that I now run a business yeah. coaching recreational and, and amateur runners around the world to achieve their own dreams and goals that they have. Um, so yeah, from that, that day as a 16 year old running the great South run 20 years on here, we are, and I'm still living and breathing it every single day. So literally living your passion, right? Yeah. Living your passion. So to give some context, me, and John actually um, are in the same mastermind together. So I often talk about me being in a mastermind and a coaching group. So um, like John, uh, I have been in there uh, like since 2018 and developed through Phil, who's our coach and mentor. Um, and then John and his not yet wife. Um, <laughs> it's a sore subject. Um, <laughs> then obviously joined and we got to, we, we naturally got on really well. And I, one of the reasons that um, I think that, Oh, I know that John will be really great here because what intrigues me is when you talk about that history of your, of your running and your progress, there is no doubt in my mind that there has to be an elite mentality there, right? There has to be like, mm -hmm. you, you can't win all of those races and get to that standard just with an average mentality, right? Do you, so how important is mindset in your approach to your running and how has it evolved over the years oh it's, it, it's everything um that even from, from that first time that i realized that this is what i needed to do this is what i was good at and then going to a club and and you go in there and initially i was in a kind of a, a youngsters group and, and running with mainly with kids but then you realize well hang on i need to be around faster people the athletes that are going to push me that are going to challenge me that are going to make me work harder in bigger sessions um and and got a kind of a, a big feel for that and that took me from that initial level to to county and to regional and then another big jump when i went to america that the level up from what i'd been doing in 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 uh, hampshire um again the the mentality of the athletes that running 30 minutes for 10k anymore wasn't good enough anymore i yeah. i had to I had to up level myself and that was the, the mentality finding out what athletes much faster than me that were doing finding out what they were doing differently to what I was I mean a, a great experience I had in in America with regards to this was my my first semester in the U.S. for our conference cross-country meet uh, you compete against teams that are quite local to you geographically um, and my first one of those was uh, we had University of Texas El Paso in our in our conference so El Paso it's not on the tourist itinerary at all if you ever watch any things that with Mexican borders involved, anything like that, that's where El Paso is. They couldn't get any Americans to go and run there because it's somewhere no one wants to go. 
So their entire team is Kenyan, like the whole lot of them, every single one. Um, and then their, my first conference meet went to race these Kenyans and they went one, two, three, four, five on me. And I was the sixth guy behind five of them. And it was one of the most like humbling, almost, I don't know whether it's humiliating, but to see five Kenyans just bullying me basically and my teammates. Um, and I just, what the hell was that? Um, and then, so after that race, I got chatting to them because believe it or not, these Kenyans they're yes, they're very fast, but they're just people. They talk, they've got personality. So got chatting to them. And one of them, kind of the, the alpha male of the group, the ringleader, he invited me down to El Paso to come and train with them in the summer. Um, so like summer in Texas is like hundred, hundred plus degrees every day. And my teammates, when I said that I've, I've been invited to do this, they're like, there's no way you're going to do that. You must be mad. Um, but I thought, well, these guys have just beat, like they've hammered us. Like I, I want to go and learn from them. So went, spent the summer in El Paso, Texas, training with these Kenyans, getting up at five, six o'clock in the morning to run with them every single day. And as this went on, I no longer was scared with them. I started to keep up with them at workouts, started to beat one or two of them in training. And then by the time this, this conference meet came around the following year, they still in the results, they still went two, three, four, five. I got the one yeah. <laughs> and, and my teammates, like all this shit they'd given me for going to do that. Um, and it was nice to kind of reflect on that and think, well, that's the sort of thing you have to do. You have to, yeah. to be willing to make these sacrifices and to, to learn like that. And there's been loads of moments like that through my career where I've done those sorts of things to, to try and excel. And it's, it's exactly the same, like with the mastermind that we're in now to, yeah. to learn from people who are a little bit further down the road or can teach yeah. me things or doing things I'm not identical stuff yeah hey, and you know what's really fascinating there is you are putting yourself out of your comfort zone you're putting yourself like in the dragon's den right you're oh, like, going to el paso to train with all these kenyans in in the oh, middle of the summer it's brutal true <laughs> but you know and, and i'm a big believer and you said that there like you, you've got to be around you've got to be around like-minded people who are better than you so i like I want to be, I want to be, I want to be at the bottom of the ladder in a room. That's how I very much look at a, a room of my own personal development. If I'm in the room and I'm at the top of that ladder, I'm in the wrong, I'm in the wrong room, right? Yeah. Whereas like, I want to be at the bottom and I want to be looking at what everyone is doing and everybody should be like, like, this is how you get to it. And I, when I'm in business and I look at people who are around me doing similar, I'm like, you're my target. Like, yeah. I don't want to be that person. I'm not trying to be that person, but in terms of impact, in terms of status and all of those things, like that, I'm chasing that. And then when I get there, because I know I'm going to outwork every, like my mentality is outwork everybody. That's how you win your races, right? You, you outwork them, you get into that mentality and you're like, right, who's next? And then that, and that very much progresses right through, don't you think? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's exactly that. Like, growing up and, and doing local road races and there'd be there'd be the old guy like who would run the same standard every year and it's like he he just gets that little bit closer every time you train every time you go back then you beat him and you know like once you've got one of these he's never going to beat me again yeah. right onto the next the head the next the like head. kind of local legend who i can chase and then you start yeah. to the, the fish get a little bit bigger that you're trying to chase down yeah yeah i love that, I love that. so is there um so through your journey has there been any so I don't imagine, I imagine it's very hard to keep an elite head on all of the time. And I, I imagine there are hardships and walls that you come up against. Have you ever kind of faced 
hardship within your career of running <laughs> where you kind of felt like, man, I feel like giving up. Like, I just feel like I'm done here. Has there been one of those moments? Or? <laughs> loads of them. <laughs> yeah, lo loads of them. It's, you, you, you couldn't survive in the sport that long, whether you're Elliot Kipchoge or Mo Farah or, or just me doing it at my level you wouldn't be able to be around that long if you weren't over able to overcome those moments. I mean, like my first ever marathon, because I was so horribly underprepared and I got it so badly wrong on the day, I ended up in a wheelchair afterwards when I crossed the line in, in New York. And how did you I was get that wrong? So how did you end up in a wheelchair? Because I couldn't walk when I crossed the line. I was like trying to get up and I just couldn't because I was that, my body was so battered and broken because it wasn't prepared for it. Right. Uh, and I was in full Great Britain kit. The New York Marathon had paid for me to be there. All expenses, everything like that. <laughs> this is a disaster. Um, so moments like that, they really do test you. Yeah. When, when you are preparing for a race, what, how disciplined do you have to be? Like, uh, and, and do you always match that discipline? So like, there's the standard of discipline. This is what you need to do. Have you found it harder as you've got older to meet that discipline? Like I imagine when you're young, man, like enthusiastic, loads of energy, loads of drive. But obviously, yeah. as we get older, has it been harder to maintain discipline? Oh, it's, it, as a kid, it's well, not as, as a kid, as a, as a young 20 something. I, I Maybe I can call that being a kid, but it was easy. <laughs> like running, running 110 miles a week every single week yeah. would not bat an eyelid. And I see some of the young guys doing that now and I just... And you see how like naive to like they just love it. Uh, and I was like that. 110 miles a week. Yeah. Wow. So you, you do things like on on a Sunday go and do 20 miles at sub six minute miling pace, and then two days later uh, on the track running 10 by a k in 250 or something. And you just would not. I get tired even looking at those schedules now. Um, so as I've got older and my body is it's different. I mean. I like to think I've, I haven't had too many injuries. My body's been pretty good and like never had a stress fracture or anything. I've looked after it. Um, but if, if I tried to train like I was in my early 20s, it would just be a disaster because I would either break or I would just crash and it, it, just, it, would, it wouldn't work. So, yeah, I have had to adapt it. Um, but you just learn as, as, as you get older. And I know there's things like Strava and all these gadgets and apps and everything, but I didn't have any of that when I was growing up in, in so I, I just learned to use my body and trust my instinct and experience and that's still to this day seems, seems to serve me pretty well do you do you think you could know when you're running so like let's say <clears throat> do you think you could know roughly like how fast your pace is when you're running do you, do, do you think you could get you think yeah if, if if we're doing reps on the track like if, if there's groups uh, I'm, I'm quite bossy when we're training <laughs> and I'm, I'm happy to admit that that if we're doing 400s and say we're looking for 66 per rep. If someone runs, runs a 67, you, they're getting a bollock in for being a second slow. If they run a 65, they're getting told off for being too quick. It's like 66 is as a plan, stick to it. Um, so yeah, you, you do become that, when you've done it for enough years and enough, yeah. enough miles, enough sessions, you, you really get to, to, no. to feel it. Yeah. Like, I, I could go and run 10K now with each K quicker than the next one yeah. without looking at a watch. That would be... It's just intuition of how to do that. So. Do you think you could know when you've run a 10K without anything? Do you think you can know roughly within, let's uh, say, half a mile that yeah. you've run six miles? I think so. 
Yeah. That's incredible. That like that that's in so do you know what that is? That's an ingrain of um non-negotiables, right? Like in terms of like it's non-negotiable to do all your discipline, all your training. Yeah. So the byproduct is is that that's your DNA. That is uh, that's automated, right? You don't lose that mentality, yeah. right? So like so like I know when I, I know straight away when I'm doing a coaching session, if I'm talking to a guy and he's lying to me or he's, he's about to jack up an excuse, like <laughs> I already recognize the signs and I don't even have to ask. I already know. And I think it's like when you do something over and over and over again, you it's like a golfer, right? They don't even think about the swing. And then it yes. just actually the body is so naturally aligned to, to follow that swing and everything's aligned. And like sometimes just that slight tweak that messes the swing up. But it's fascinating listening to you to how in how in tuned you are to all of your history um so we don't want to give too much away obviously because we want to save some for the seminar um so let's just talk about present day and kind of like what your projects are right now what got you into it why you're doing it and um how how it is all going so yeah the, the present day that came about as a, as a natural transition really when i i tried to make the the um britain great britain team for the rio olympic marathon and you you always hear about all the people that make these teams but actually the vast majority of percentage of people don't make these teams and i was one of them that didn't make it in 2016 um and i was looking for what what am i going to do with my life i'm 30 years old i, I had a part-time job in a college i think very similar to what to what you've done having read your book um yeah. I, di I didn't hate it but it, it wasn't i knew it wasn't going to be for me um, but I did have a law degree for, as an undergraduate, and I did also have that master's in business from when I was at Tulsa. So I thought, happy days, I've got these qualifications, I'll be able to get a job easily. Um, so, so I was applying for all these uh, jobs and um, graduate schemes, all these things like that, and I was not getting anything. Like whether I was, I, maybe I needed to see Pam or something, but I, I was getting nothing. So I just kind of thought, well, this is quite demoralizing. Like if, if the job market doesn't want me, then, well, I don't want it. I'll, I'll start my own job. Um, and my dad had been, uh, he'd been a professional sports coach for decades, like literally decades, um, working initially for Hampshire Cricket, Cricket Club uh, as a fitness coach and then um, self-employed as a trainer as well. So I'd, I'd seen he'd done it. Um, so I just thought, well, why not, why not kind of stick to what I know, stick to what I love, which is running, can I turn this into some kind of profession to, to, to help other people? Um, so that was it really. I, I decided, I took the coaching qualifications. So got the, the, the PT qualification, got my athletics coaching qualifications, and then pretty much just announced myself available as a coach. It was all very amateur, face-to-face, um, -face, me following on a bike at that time initially. So proper grassroots stuff taking free classes from a local gym um, and then exactly the same mentality of what got me good as an athlete kicked in. It's like, well, I don't, I know a lot about running, but know nothing about business, how to grow it, literally nothing. So um, started watching YouTube videos and Facebook ads started popping up. Very and, similar. Very yeah, similar. Yeah, exactly. And went, went along to a seminar, joined a coaching program. And then from there, started to learn a little bit more about how to structure things, how to do some marketing, do, do Facebook posts and one or two uh, ads, things like that. And, and it just, it gradually evolved from there. So that was a few years ago. And, and now um, 
it's really taken off, I think, in a, in a really nice way that yeah. I'm full time. My partner, Lily, is full time. Um, we've got another coach called Tom is doing a fantastic job. We've just hired another lady called Jules to coach. Um, we've got runners all over. So it's fully online. We've got runners all over the world um, in the US, in the UK, in Europe, in Dubai, Channel Islands, um, running marathons and, and PBs. And yeah, we, we just absolutely we, we love doing it. So all that energy, enthusiasm and, and effort and everything that's, that went into my own elite running is gradually just shifting towards this i love that i love how our stories are so aligned right yeah like you just follow that passion and you figure out like and i think this is a really good example right of not overthinking something but actually a lot of people sometimes wait for I'm just gonna wait till my website's perfect before I start this side hustle. <laughs> I've just gotta wait to figure out how to write. And actually, sometimes you can't write. Like, you know, I think many people will know my story in terms of actually, like, I had no choice but to show up. Otherwise, the mortgage wasn't getting paid. So I had to figure it out very, very quickly. Um, and it, and it's the same for like I love that action taking, but that for me comes off the back of that elite mentality, mm -hmm. doesn't it? So all of the groundwork you did internally in here in that state of mind, it, that just naturally, that work ethic that you used to put on the track and on the, and, and out on the ground, you just put it now within to that business. And yeah. like, I know how well you've done and how far you've come having been in the same sort of peer group for the last year. Must have been, how long have you been filming? A year and a half. year and a half, like, where has that gone, do you know? So, um, so that's a little taster, I think, for everybody in terms of, I don't want to give too much away because um, John's got his presentation that he wants to give. Um, and so John is going to be one of our morning talkers on the Saturday, the 26th of November. I've seen a couple of guys already commenting, looking forward to coming up, uh, which is great. Um, and if you want to come and see John, me, and then we've got two more speakers. One of them is called Pamela Langdon and the other one's called Jenna Holloway. Both, uh, one of them is, uh, Pam is a career specialist. So she's gonna, she helps people achieve their uh, dream job, okay? And find their way of doing that. And she is like unbelievable at her job. And then Jenna, Jenna Holloway's, uh, um, she does um, uh, hypnotherapy um, to help people like live the lives that wanna uh, live, unlock and unfree all of that mindset. And I've worked with Jenna and she, pretty much changed the way that I thought about my life and the direction that was going. So she is absolutely excellent at her job as well, as is John, as am I. And I think it's going to be a very powerful day. So if you haven't put your ticket, there's a link on here somewhere where you can go and do that. Tickets will be closing soon though, guys, obviously, because we're getting closer to the time. We have to have a cut off. Um, so we'd love to see you there. John, thank you for your time. We'll stick around at the end, just have a chat. Thank you. Um, but if there's any questions for John, put them in the comments and then I can send them over to him and he can get them answered for you. All right, guys. So let me just end this here.